You are now tuned in to Dubstep FBI. What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Filthy Bee Inspectors. I'm Yessi. I'm Chrissy. We got Hidden Hen today. What's up, What's up you filthy beat inspectors? Hey. Of the world. You are now uh, arrested by the FBI, so you're in custody. I hope you're okay with that. Not the first time. Oh, damn. Maybe we have a few more questions asked than we originally thought. Yeah. After, after the show, we'll talk about it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just we'll kidding. keep it between us, all right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious. Wait, so how did the name Hidden Hen come to be? Uh, you know, I wish I had a really great story for you. I don't. Um, <laughs> I was just trying to find something that wasn't like consumed by everybody. Like, you know, I, I didn't have to put like Hidden Hen 1 on this platform and Hidden for like, mm-hmm. you know, 64 on 69 on another platform. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, so I just I just went with that. Um, there's there's no real. It's not like I, I like to be behind the scenes because I, I do and I don't. But like you know, I I can appreciate either side of it. But um, uh, I I don't know why I can't, why it ended up being hidden. It's the alliteration, I suppose. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. I like your beanie though. Fucking freezing. You guys see that? It's been I cold as it. shit here. I yeah, it. I literally saw this at the store, and I was just like, I can't walk out of the store without this beanie because literally. Me being a Californian, and yeah, I don't know how I'm ever gonna get used to the cold, but I'm always fucking freezing. Yeah, yeah. Anything under sixty degrees for me is just not. It's not cool. Yeah, it's I just very cool. Actually, uh, it's cold. I just moved into a new apartment, and I'm like super worried about what the XL energy bill is gonna be like because I keep oh, the yeah. heat on like seventy five all day, and I also have my space heater going off. Girl, meetings seventy five. <laughs> Holy shit. I know. Oh my God. <laughs> I feel bad. But I don't like I don't like to wear wool socks throughout the day. So, you know, sockless in the Oh, for sure, for sure. I, I I got tuned into indoor socks, like the kind of loose, fuzzy ones. Ooh, this is yeah. so cozy. Just so cozy. But you're in LA, right? Yeah, but like I said, any anything less than like less than sixty-three degrees, I start, you know, thinking about socks and sweaters, you know? Dude, I saw it was like eighty degrees last weekend in LA. It was 80 degrees yesterday. <laughs> and then today it was like, you know, mid, low, low 60s, mid 60s, something like wow. that. Wow. Damn. Living the rough life, huh? I, I see. Know. Can't win them all. <laughs> How long have you lived in LA for? Um, I grew up here. Okay. I grew up here. And I, 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 uh, I mean, I was born in Oregon, mm-hmm. but like my parents moved here when I was, I think, two or three. So, I mean, for what it's oh, worth, gotcha. I grew up in LA. <laughs> and then I went to college in San Diego. Um, so I was very much like a SoCal dude, mm-hmm. SoCal guy. Oh, you're right in my backyard. Cause I grew up in San Diego and then I, nice. uh, I ditched SoCal to go to the 5280 mile high city. Here we are. For sure. Yeah. Fucking freezing. Shred, shredding the gnar. <laughs> so tell us about Space Yacht. Like I saw you guys recently launched Tech My House. Tell us more yeah, about yeah. My House. Um, so I'm going to take you back a bit. Tech My House was like a party, um, I'm going to take you back, back. Uh, So up till, you know, we started throwing parties in 2015 or we started as a thing in 2015 period. Um, And the thing, the thing that we did was throw events and we'd just been throwing a ton of them. And they, at some point, maybe like five months in, three months in, 
just the line started getting long and I think people caught wind and, and it was a very word of mouth underground kind of thing. And, um, I think it must've been like three years in where we wanted to kind of create sub communities almost. Mm -hmm. Um, because by then we had started understanding what worked and what didn't for us and what we liked. Um, it's weird because it's like, you know, when you, when you book shows at clubs, it's not only about what you like, but it's about what you like and what works. Mm -hmm. So we were identifying things that like not only worked, but also we loved and things that we loved, not only we loved, but also worked really well. So, you know, that, that kind of, you know, shortens the list a little bit. So house music had always been something that united everyone at Space Yacht. Um, Like it was, you know, the reason we came together and obviously we like a bunch of other stuff, but you know, it's a cool little story to tell. Um, So when it came time to start themed parties, like, you know, we just started making up random names in the office. Um, And, uh, you know, like everything in Space Yacht, there's no like real crazy strategy. It's just like, hey, let's just try it. Like it's not, it's not that harmful. Like, you know, it's just fun, you know, just try it. And and we, we did it. We called it tech my house. And it's about, we were, we, I think we were in the office just kind of like, you know, yeah, we like tech house, but we also joke about it, you know, like with, mm-hmm. uh, with all the tech house bros or like the, the mm-hmm. rhythm thought or whatever you <laughs> want to call identity. it, you know, this is so derogatory <laughs> stuff, but you know, you know, people say it and you know, we, 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 we know it's there. So we were talking about tech house and our music creation, curation and, and Rami London bridge, my partner was just like, uh, well, you can tech my house. And I was like, Oh, take my house. Oh, girl. Then, girl. So we were just like, oh, let's just call the party tech my house. So, so we called it that and it stuck. And obviously it's about house music and it's roughly tech house driven. And it, it's, there's, there's some bass houses, there's some melodic stuff in there. It's never so cut and dry, but, um, that's how the brand, I guess, started. Um, it was built off of that. So it had a sense of like kind of house purity to it. Um, and so now that we're not throwing parties, we've been doing all these things that are just have nothing to do with even attempting to throw parties. It's just because like we just wanted to do different things um, and take advantage of this time to kind of uh, get good at other things, to be honest. So one of those things was the label and maybe how you may have interfaced with the brand tech, my house and how we're starting to evangelize to the world. is like, yo, it feels weird for the first time. We're not meeting people under the context of throwing an event and meeting them in line or me shaking their hand at the front door. It is now right. like they're seeing me on zoom or on Twitch. Yeah. And like, they heard about this press release about a, a label compilation. And it's like, Whoa, it's so different. So that's the origin of tech, my house. And uh, you know, we wanted to do what we always did, which was put, um, you know, mix in young artists with experienced artists and create a you know fresh and slightly alternative lineup. And we took that kind of mentality and put it on the label side, uh, which is a slightly different skill set, but the attitude and, and desires and, and artistic and creative goals are roughly the same. Um, and that's that's how Tech My House Volume One came to be. And so the afterthought of that is uh, we're gonna do like I'm a huge rhythm dubstep and kind of like space bass fan within Space Yacht and like mm-hmm. we're going to work on curating compilations of those. It just so happened, you know, we we get a lot of material in the house world and there was so much that was like, okay, this is undeniable. We have to do this. Um, but, you that's know. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the long and short of it, I suppose. Yeah. And then Tune Reactor, your Tune Reactor, that's how it came yeah. to be, right? Because you weren't doing that before, but now you're doing that three times a week? Yeah. So, 
um, just kind of like starting with streaming in general, we were streaming shows from Sound Nightclub and we were getting okay at it. Like we were like understanding what like the tech necessities were. And it's like, kind of learned the hard way. There was no kind of like vendor that we paid thousands of dollars mm-hmm. to come and do their thing. We just kind of slapped together some webcams, yeah. started understanding the software and like it's granted- Same here, we can relate. <laughs> yeah, like during COVID now everyone understands it. But at the time it was like a pretty like off, off to the side kind of skill set. But we were doing that just to kind of, you know, it was a typical day was like, okay, guys, show is sold out. What else can we do? Like, why don't we share this show with the world? Um, why don't we try to convince your EDM to like host it on Facebook? Or like if it was dubstep show, we always worked with like the dub rebellion, which is a big channel. Mm-hmm. Um, Derek. So it was just cut. Yeah. Derek and shout out Derek. Uh, but it was more like, you know, what can we do to share more of what we do to the world and not just be like this local night. Right. Cause like what we're doing, like these artists, they end up like they play the show and the, you know, more often than not, they, it, I don't want to claim credit. It's not because of us, but it, it's more like a testament to the strength of the community and our ability to speak to it, I think. Um, that like, you know, these artists, they play and like, I think we pick the right ones and we give them the right gigs at the right time. So look, once again, we're not taking credit for their success. They're hardworking people. Um, but uh, but it just yeah, feels good to be part of their story, even, even for a little bit, you know, early on, earlier on. So that's what motivated us to be like, hey, let's just start streaming this stuff. And so we got pretty like decent at it. So when COVID came around, you know, we did a few like private um, club streams where the club basically was a studio uh, with nobody in it. And then we were like, okay, well, we're just sitting on this camera stuff. And we've always wanted to do like, we're, we're like us as owners, like me and London Bridge as partners in the, in the, in the brand, like we're, we like to be pretty present. So we want to just share stuff Part of, parts of like what we do with the world to help give them resources or just be entertaining or, or something, you know? Right. And that's where Tune Reactor came on. And it's like, look, it, it's basically a combination between, what do, I, what do we call it? The reaction video, and, which is a really common genre within YouTube and, and kind of Twitch. And then the uh, music feedback show, which is obviously another common genre within Twitch and 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 YouTube, but let's combine them and also like raise the stakes and make that make this real, like show to the people like that submit that like the good stuff actually we we actually do something with it. You know, it becomes part of our universe. Like we actually appreciate that like these people could be the next superstars. It's kind of cool to us. Um so you know the stakes are actually real. So I think that's what also adds to what why make what makes Tune Reactor like so special. Um so, you know, now I think we're probably been doing it for seven months now. And I think we started around June and the, the show's evolved a bit and it's gotten a lot better and we've, we've refined it and it's always refining. And it's pretty much become part of our label A&R. It's, it's like the, Damn. I, I don't even like old A&R anymore. Like when I get promo emails, it's like, I want, I, it's cool that I see the producer in the chat and they had mm-hmm. just exported it. 30 minutes ago and like it's really actually fresh on their minds as opposed to think about it this way like you know a producer makes it and he's like begging his manager to send it to this unrealistic label and like two weeks later you hear that and then now it's just like yeah granted yeah we do charge like you know a three to five dollar donation but we give you probably as you know as best as we can professional feedback as we can possibly give you and it's fresh on your mind and you get undivided attention as opposed to like, oh, I'm typing emails and kind of listening to yeah. A&R stuff in the background, which I'm sure we all do. 
Mm-hmm. And um Oh yeah. Can't even many. Right, right. Can't it's just that's just how it goes. And and it's like, well, you're getting a lot different of a of a experience from doing Tune Reactor. And I hope to God that all the people who have submitted felt like it was worth their while to do it. Like, you know, I don't think we're trying to charge an arm and a leg. And obviously we rent backup internet and all that stuff. That, like it's not like the money goes just to like you know, buy weed. It does, but, and also I, I really want to give a uh, mention to just the, um, the energy in the chat, because oftentimes you have other producers waiting to get their stuff heard and they're chiming in and like, how is this not better than old school A&R? This is just yeah. straight up cooler. And at least for us, it works. Um, so, so I'm, I'm glad you brought up Tune Reactor. I'm super excited about it. Um, it really came in a time of like, we just had so much free bandwidth. I like to call it free bandwidth because I want to look at the bright side, but you know, we had nothing else to do. So we were like, all right, let's just start sharing parts of our life and try to continue doing what we do. I mean, Tune Reactor is just one of the guys, one of the ways that you guys have just adapted during this pandemic. Like I was fascinated with the crypto art sales specifically because that's something that I have not heard of. I mean, of course we all know like the crypto hype, is going right. on right now. Bitcoin's at what, whatever it's at. 40, 40 plus thousand. Yeah. Random wave. Yeah. Super random wave. I, I so think. Like, uh, is your art. So I know you guys release a tune with each art drop. And yeah. is that in Bitcoin? Is it in other cryptos or t- talk a little bit more? So about think, think of it this way. It's like, it's just a whole new category of fi- like things. It's it. I can't relate it to anything other than like, it's it's like a drop. So the someone who would be into a crypto drop would be someone who's like who was the person who championed for Bitcoin years ago okay. and is kind of, you know, really into kind of nerdy, kind of, you know, kind of into finance, kind of like might be well off, might not be or just into like um alternative ways to build infrastructure which, you know, Bitcoin has always more or less been argued as a alternative to gold or alternative to cash. Um Debated topic, but uh, you know uh, the the we basically oh there's a giant fly on my screen get get out of here hold on <laughs> that was me earlier I have a couple fruit flies flying around my new house because yeah. I have all these plants in there congrats so on the new like house swatting at them during a yeah. phone call <laughs> it's a warm house I imagine so the flies want to chill yeah. um so <laughs> so think of it this way uh like we're not selling Bitcoin and we're not selling Ethereum, which is like, it's, it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, British pounds and USD, you know, one of them would be this currency. It's all money, but we're not selling money. We're selling uh, products that people can buy with either real US money, or if they have real Bitcoin money, they can use that to buy it too, like whatever currency. So, you know, it's, it's hard for people to accept, I think still, and people are, Broad, like this has been the time where people jumped in and started learning about it like the past few months and it's super exciting. It's just an alternative, uh, you know, like communication and value system, right? So um, the, the argument is like the things and the art that we're selling is like, we have yet to even think about the ways we apply them, right? So like there's all these experimental platforms, even Audius, it's like, it's still in its nascent stages where, mm-hmm. you know, people like to argue left and right. Like if what, what is this is legit if that, if that's not legit, but it's like the more that, you know, real money fails or like, you know, real economic systems fail. It's like the more you start realizing like 
this stuff works when you decide that it works as a society, mm-hmm. right? When you are forced to adapt and when you're forced to look at other systems of product sales or or merch sales or things that are virtual. Like, why do I even pay $5 for a Fortnite skin? I just do it, you, you know? Go. Like, why? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I just do it. Like, it's cool. Like, it's part of my identity. And honestly, I talk about this a lot. COVID has made me not like real reality yeah. as much. I still like it as very much. Explain but more. Mm-hmm. It's made me, like you guys have seen The Matrix. It's like, you know, in an, in an old world, like it was such a, a damned idea where it's like, no, that's impossible. Like, but, but due to like after COVID, it's like, actually, I, I wouldn't mind like living in VR a little bit. You know, I know I can take the goggles off at any time. I don't have to like plug into my neck and brain, but <laughs> like, I actually think it's kind of fun. You know, like I, I am looking into it and like, I would actually maybe go look at an art gallery in VR that has these art pieces oh. that only like, let's say, because you bought it on this website, only you're allowed to enter and be, like, this is basically your ticket into the art gallery. These technologies have yet to come up. So we're not claiming we know all the answers and it's, but but we we are saying we're very excited for new ways to consume media, new ways to buy and sell media. Um, whether or not you're a naysayer, look, we even have our doubts about it, but it's like, it's an interesting system that we'd like to learn about so that we can be, uh, the righteous proponents to it as opposed to abusers of it. Right. So you can always take advantage of technology in a terrible way, or you could try to do it in a fun and cool, productive way. So it's crazy that COVID came like, you know, hand in hand with this wave of crypto, because it's like, Real, re- def- oh, I guess I call it default reality. Has honestly it has its limitations right now. You know, mm-hmm. look, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. All right, like I'm just like you know, it really does. It's like we're we're now interested in experiencing things in different ways, and I'm just saying I I, I would give it a chance. Mm-hmm. So I have to ask, do you yeah. own crypto? And if you do, which one do you recommend investing in? Uh, I have I I have investments in Bitcoin right now. Um, it has nothing to do with uh, the NFT kind of crypto art. Right. Um, it's more just kind of like, you know, some, yeah. some, sometimes yeah. like du- dudes be on Robin Hood, you know, it's like a meme on Robin Twitter. <laughs> Girls be on CoStar and dudes be go. on Robin Hood. It's like, oh, come on. <laughs> All sexist. But anyway, I do be on Robin Hood. You guys got me there. Crypto is a hot topic in, in our, I like to say office, but there's no office anymore. Um, in our, Zoom office. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I kind of started reading up about it and I, I have some cash in it. But um, it's like saying I, I invested in, you know, British pounds or whatever currency. And then I use that currency to, you know, buy stuff, crypto products that exist okay. in virtual reality or in, exist mm-hmm. on the blockchain. Um, so it's, act, it's actually two separate topics. There's virtual reality and there's like blockchain technology. And like, we're trying to merge those two and then also merge it with real life. And like, you know, we come from a world of ticket sales and merchandising and like kind of try to like, how do we move culture and, and commerce? Um, Cause I think, you know, there's an underlying argument that like culture and commerce tied together, you know, there's, you know, you, 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 they don't, they don't really exist in a silo as much as we want them to, as much as our generation abhors commercializing things. There's, there's so much, uh, that culture has to do with commerce and vice versa. So for us to just at least understand the mechanisms at which they're like traded and moved around and around the world and what the, what's the technology that powers them, 
like it matters, you know? So that's why we're just like, have some, we're like, have some skin in the game and just try it out and like really understand the stakes of what might happen, not now, but like in the next five, 10 years. You keep mentioning this like space yacht office and in my head, yeah. I'm envisioning this place in like downtown LA with sure. like your whole team there with like a nice conference table and a projector. But tell us about the office. Do you guys have Zoom meetings every day or like, what is this office? Well, yeah, I um, saw on your Instagram that you shouted out your entire team, but you guys have never even like all been in one room, right? Yeah. So we, uh, we have... Pre pre COVID, we all met at my house. Basically, um, it is in LA. It is a uh, in it's in Northeast LA, so right by Dodger Stadium. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, sorry, I forgot the question. Oh yeah. So we yeah we all met like I, I, my my our marketing coordinator at the time sat at my dining table. I sat at the 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 bar, and then you know London. Was in he was in and out. He's traveling, having phone calls and stuff, and then he'll he'll be on the couch or next to me, um, collaborating on stuff. I do. I'm I'm starting to get to that point where I miss that collaborative, just like you know, point at their screen. Um, you know, hey, do this. Like this is how you do this. It's it's like the pace of learning is a bit faster, but you also have the downside of like the commute. Um, but so anyway, moving into the COVID space, like we we do Google Meets every morning at like, uh, around 10 to 11 AM. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a new, like new team members focused on like working on our label, um, a publicist helping us, you know, evangelize for the label and like how it's, it's it'll eventually tie back into the events that we have, we'll eventually throw again. Um, kind of that. So yeah, we, we meet every day. We're on WhatsApp just to give you guys an idea how we kind of like shred, like I'm on WhatsApp looking at messages pop up right now. Um, it is strange, but the cool thing is I don't miss the commute. I, I, I don't miss it at all. I do miss the kind of collaborative energy because some of the things I do are pretty kind of like detailed. So, you know, it's, it's kind of odd having to, Oh, now it's my turn to share my screen. Can you stop sharing your screen so I can share my, oh, come on. Right. That's how I feel. My boss yeah. makes us do 9am every day on Zoom. And I'm just like, dude, Yeah, we're not an agency. We're a university. <laughs> like, right. Like I, I'm trying to like show my staff how to do like these Excel thingies and like Photoshop things. And they're kind of like, it's not stuff you can just write down. So mm-hmm. you kind of have to do the screen share or like, you know, pray for one day when we can all collaborate in, in, yeah. in real time again. Do you have a team spread out across the country or where is everyone? Uh, We have a pretty tiny team. So we've always had a pretty small and tight knit team. Like, like we, we air, we liked it on the side of like fewer things, fewer people doing more things than more people doing less things. Um, I mean, we, we try to get as close as like, a full-time job to someone as possible, as opposed to like someone like having to worry. Like, I don't, I don't like the feeling of someone having to worry for their paycheck, even, even if they're working for us full-time. Like if we, we have enough work for them, like we'd, we'd prefer to do that, but they better be good at it. Um, so the team, like most of us are in California. I mean, pre COVID, everyone was pretty much based in LA. Um, just cause we threw events and it was like, it made sense for, people working production, like door staff and like, you know, decorations and stuff, you kind of need to be around. Um, but now our team is, you know, sort of pre- predominantly in LA, got one in NorCal, our publicist is in Denver. Oh. Um, 
but you know, I, I'm starting to realize they could be anywhere. You know, I, I think it's more a function of we know most people in SoCal, so it our network just tends to naturally lend to qualified individuals in SoCal mm-hmm. because of, of that rapport and trust. But technically, anyone in the world qualifies. You know, yeah. I'd love to have a graphic designer in London so that like we can have design muscle and man, man human power at all times of 24 hours. Yeah, get that European perspective in it. Yeah. So it's my goats. Yas girl or like yes. Southeast Asia. I mean, we would love to expand there one day. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. FBI We're in Southeast Asia. That's a, that's a scene. Oh, yes, yeah. it is. And dubstep is really growing out there. I've noticed. I would love to dubstep. I, I would love to dubstep everywhere. I would love for dubstep to grow everywhere. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And the high knees. (laughs) Catch is doing the high knees at the temples in Thailand. Indeed. (laughs) Well, I want to backtrack a bit. So how did you and London Bridge meet? Like, how did you guys come up with this idea? Like, were you guys friends in college? How did that all happen? Uh. No, the, 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 the name space yacht came up as a joke, uh, in college, um, with me and one of our other founders that that's now no longer part of our, our, our crew. We're still best friends, but, um, he's just working on other things in life. Um, it was just kind of like an inside joke we had. And when we came to a point where we needed to come up with a name, we're like, all right, let's just call it space yacht, which was our inside joke in college. And Rami, AKA London bridge, uh, we, I had met in my first job out of college and we all worked there. All three, there were three founders at the time. We all worked there and we worked in kind of like, it was like one of the early influencer agencies. It had some like crazy big clients because there were just no competitors at the time. Like, you know, they were doing like Vine campaigns and like, ooh, social, mm-hmm. paid social media influencer advertising. Ooh, oh, whoa. It was very... <laughs> super high tech at the time. Um, and you know, I, I think, you know, part of that kind of digital media culture uh, stuck to us a little bit. So I'm sure it impacted us a little bit just as the way we, we think or whatever, but, um, that's where we met. And we, you know, we often worked long hours or we're just the type to like, you know, Oh, whatever. I'll just wait out traffic and stay till 9 PM. And you know, so leave a little bit later, not a big deal. Um, and, uh, you know, once in a while we would hear kind of like blaring house music at nine, nine, nine in the evening from, uh, Rami's desk. And we're like, Oh, that's my shit. Yeah. You know? Cause, uh, you know, we, we, we were, you know, it was like 23 at the time or whatever. Like I was listening to mad EDM bangers at the time. So, mm-hmm. so to hear like, I think it was like G house and like, uh, the early kind of like Brazilian bass. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot. Like, like, yeah, like stuff like that was like mad popping out of his, uh, his uh, speakers. And we we're just like, oh, wow, this is cool. This is my, this is my stuff. This is like what I would listen to anyway. So we, we got connected over that. And, um, you know, he had, he had interest in DJing and, you know, and nowhere to do it and not, not knowing where to start. And then me and Ollie, our other co-founder at the time, um, were we threw we we basically were the college kids that threw the big party and we were like all right we, we that that stuff gives you a high as like a 20 like if you're like 19 20 in college like doing like a spring bash we called it it was sun god festival at san, in san diego oh um, yeah 
We yeah, talked so about I, we, talk, we talked about this before. Yeah, we, that was my that was my shit. That was my crew. Damn, I would have rolled up to that. Yeah, so that was a like for college festivals. That was like a big one. It, like it modeled it, it modeled itself after Coach. It was like a baby Coachella, basically, and they were like just took after what Coachella looked like. So, so you know, yeah, obviously, as any twenty year old kid would be, it's like I was just like, oh my god, this is amazing. How do I do more yeah. of this? So, um, you know, come three years, you know, two three years later, like when the opportunity came out. All right, so we got someone who wants to DJ. Um, we work in music marketing or like, you know, half the clients are music. Um, so we're, we're, we're around these people. I was still partying a lot in LA at the time because I was just that guy. And, um, and, uh, I think, I think the conditions were right. So when, when the time came up and the a venue owner came across one of our influencer campaign uh, campaigns, we were like, Oh, this might be the spot where we throw the party. So we started throwing it. A lot of us are in the stage where we are, really hoping and praying that one day we can be in the music industry full-time. So were you doing like your full-time job and then music on the side or how did that? I'm not gonna lie. Like starting music salaries are not living. Like you kind of need like a, like a part-time, you kind of like two part-times or like a full, like a full-time starting and plus a side thing. So at the, at, when I first graduated college, I was like, all right, well, this is just the market conditions. You, if I don't do it, someone else is going to do it. I'm just like, I can be a whole, like go on this legal campaign about what I should be paid. But you know, that's not going to make the people who at, at the time, like it was like almost 10 years ago, they're not going to make these hiring people. They're not, I'm not going to earn love by doing that. You know, like I'll change the generation for the next one, but I'm not going to do anything for myself. So I'm just going to low key. I just like, put up with it. Wow. And I was like, I'm going to start something on the side. I sold stuff on eBay so I can finance my internship, um, which was unpaid at the time. And it was the best decision. Well, you hit us into the lightning round, which is going to oh. be a lot quicker. We're going to need shorter answers from you. Okay. <laughs> cool. All right. I got this one. How many people are on your space yacht team? Jamie, Daniel, Rami, myself, Teresa. Aaron, there's six. Damn. Diego, seven. 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 No, that's awesome. It's a very small, intimate team. It is a very small team. Super Mm -hmm. small team. Everyone does everything. That's amazing. It's very uh, chaotic. Anyway, sorry, (laughs) lightning round. Lightning round. Back back at it. (laughs) So we already talked about this, but just to have it on record, when was Space Yacht founded? 2015, January. Who are your favorite artists right now? Bro. So hard. Oh my God. Hold on. Let me pull up my SoundCloud. That's like telling, that's like yeah. telling Hidden Head to pick his time's running. Shit. <laughs> Shit. Time is ticking. You got 21 seconds. Oh, no. You're under that's custody. Like telling me to pick my favorite an kid. Now. <laughs> oh my God. 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 Uh, Nazar. Shade. VRG. Mm-hmm. Hell Yeah. Yeah, that's three. Am I only limited to three? Yep. All right. There you Good go. job. Nazar, VRG Shade. Yeah. And y'all just dropped that VRG EB, which was Fuego. That's why we signed him. Because it's Fuego. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Love to see it. Shout out VRG. <laughs> yeah, big shout out. All right. I got to ask this. Okay. In and out or five guys? In and out. Thank you. Finally. Come on. <laughs> it's animals. Get out of here. 
I get a lot of shit for it here in Colorado. Given that I'm a Cali girl, people always give me shit about it. They're like, Whataburger is better or Five Guys is better. And I'm over here like, girl. What is you talking about? Freddy's is good too. Do you guys have Freddy's in Cali? <laughs> no, no, I'll try it. <laughs> I'll try it. Their fry sauce is really good. They I mean, I'm not a burger elitist, but Freddy's, you know, yeah. if, if I had to pick, I'll pick. My first job was flipping burgers, you know? So I'm a burger snob. Flipping burgers is a hard job. Mm-hmm. Flipping the Krabby Patties? Yeah. Well, I was making Krabby Patties in Bikini Bottom over there in Lakewood. People order our patties. Poop. Poop. <laughs> Poop. Oh, God. <laughs> the poop jokes are like a constant thing oh, sometimes. Like- <laughs> and I don't know if I'm immature or if it's just like a joke. <laughs> it's just how adulting be. Oh, God. 2021. Love to see oh, it. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> Spotify or SoundCloud? SoundCloud. Oh, SoundCloud, bro. That's where I get the IDs. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very true. And the right Control IDs. Radio mixes. So mm-hmm. for anyone who hasn't yeah. tuned in, you better tune into the right Control Radio mixes. We drop Spotify rolling. is super cool, Why but I just, I just need SoundCloud for the IDs. <laughs> so this is my life. My life is IDs. Tis my life. <laughs> On the hunt for IDs. <laughs> All right. So if you had to give a ballpark, how many demos have you listened to? <laughs> Just from your Twitch streams. Oh. Love the sunglasses. I have to mirror my... <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I need your blockers. Probably... Like two, over 2,000, 3,000? 3, over 3, now. Pretty sure over 3,000. God damn, brother. Holy. You probably go through 500 a month. Yeah. I'm, I'm not kidding. So, yeah. What we're like, that? we've been militant about our, our demo listening. That's why we're getting such fire records. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Love to see it. Well, Hidden Hen, it's been a pleasure chatting with you today. Do you have any last words? Before we, before we rip your spine out, finish him. <laughs> like, Do you have any last words before we kill you? Um, <laughs> exactly. Um, well, no, I'm just, uh, I'm, just uh, I'm excited to see uh, all the other interviews you have coming up. Tune into Dubstep FBI, Filthy Beat Inspectors. Um, honestly, I'd love to have you feature on the Tune Reactor show just to kind of like, you know, Dude. listen to some tunes. So. I would love to do that. I we love would, hearing IDs. Yeah, we would yeah. love to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let us know. So there you go. So I'll, I'll also use that as an opportunity to plug our Twitch show. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You'll know the time. Just go to our Twitch. Um, that's it. Gonna keep it simple. Yeah, there you go. Get back to your days. Get back to your nights. and uh, Keep doing you. 